0: Welcome to the Buford Sermons Podcast, where we care about the things you care about. For more information or to donate to this ministry, please visit www.fbcbuford.org. Amen. I want you to grab a seat and I want you to take your Bible and turn to Acts chapter 1. We're continuing walking through what's in the end going to be five statements that begin with, We care. And these five statements at the end, when we finish all five of them, because they're kind of been broken up, we begin with we care about each other. Pastor Jared talked last week about we care about growth in between kind of those. We had a snow day. We had um, a jumpstart Sunday. We had J.J. Washington come and, and encourage us in sharing the gospel But as we continue walking through, we're kind of on the third we care statement. We've got two more after this, and at the end, we're going to put them all up there together so you can see kind of in clarity a picture of who we are, of who we desire to be, and of who people really see us as. A lot of this is how the world and how our community views us. And today, we're talking about the truth that this is just part of our DNA of who we are. We care about Buford. Now you can define Buford in multiple ways, right? Buford, the city of Buford, that um, uh, ever-changing and for some of you chasing city limits of Buford, right? Um, Sometimes not understanding how this house is and this house isn't, but it all kind of makes sense and connects some way. But there's that city of Buford and then of course there's that greater Buford, right? There are other school systems around us that have Buford addresses in, um, in Hall County and Gwinnett County. And the reality is, however you define it, here's what I want you to hear this morning. One, God placed us here in the city of Buford. In 1869, the first, around 1869, the first school was uh, created here in Buford. Three years later, in 1872, the city became incorporated and it became the city of of Buford that's such a unique city that has such a unique history if you if you study the history of Buford there's been such prosperity and growth and some have even called it the depressionless city because of the tannery the city actually didn't feel the effects of the de- depression like everybody else around them and when you look at the city now that even kind of makes sense to you doesn't it's just a unique place in 1872, it was incorporated. And then in 1873, 14 faithful followers of Christ founded First Baptist Buford. And for 149 years, our church has been placed in the center of this city. And uh, used to be on the square downtown, right next to the Dollar General, uh, where... Um, Another church is located now. They outgrew that space there. They built the first indoor gym in this area and was used for lots of um, torn ACLs and twisted ankles and all of those things, I'm sure, as we've continued that tradition with our gym here. It just didn't seem right, I don't think, for there to be a First Baptist Buford in Buford. They didn't have a gym where, again, old men could come and act like they're not old men anymore. But... For 149 years, our church has been in the center of this community. And the unique thing is that for 149, almost 150 years, God has sustained this church's influence in this community through up, through ups and downs. I can say this boldly and humbly, that there is no other church in this city that has the same footprint or has the same influence in this city. As this church and there won't be another church in this city. As long as we're faithful to God and to his calling upon our lives. That we'll have the same footprint and same influence in this city. It's just not going to happen. And the pastors of these other churches know that. They've shared those things with me. That's just part of this blessed DNA that God has given us. So when we say we care about Buford. This is not some new Revelation, that's not even a word. This is not some new revelation. This is just a statement that I've been here for 10 years. It's been known for longer than that, but I can speak from personal experience. has been known at least for the last 10 years. It was some nine years ago, I think, almost nine years ago, when a teenage girl was standing right out there in that lobby... One of our senior adult men heard her look at one of her friends and make the statement, This always seems to be the place where we end up when we're hurting. Hear this that's an incredible testimony about you. So we care about Buford, but we don't just aimlessly care about Buford. We care about Buford in the way that God calls us to care about Buford and based upon the word of God. In Acts chapter 1, a very familiar verse of scripture to many people, maybe new to some, but Jesus gives this great command that he gives to his disciples, his followers. Jesus had lived his life, he had died on the cross, he had risen from the dead, he had appeared to hundreds of people, and now he's getting ready to ascend into heaven, and so he's giving his last instructions to his disciples, and he says to them in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he gives them this really strong calling that would change the world for all of eternity. And it's in this calling that we learn some truths about how we care for this city that God has placed us in and that are going to be true of us. In Acts chapter 1 in verse 8, this is what the Bible says. Jesus says to the disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus points out some really specific instructions to his disciples here about how they're going to go about establishing what would eventually become the local church, the instrument that God would use to reach the world with his gospel message. And in this, we learn how we care specifically about this city. One, we care about Buford with a plan. Jesus gives a plan of how followers of Christ are supposed to show his love to the world. He even gives a geographic plan. He says, you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, Jerusalem would have been the city there where they were located, and that would have been where they would have started in their home. Uh, Judea would have been the region that Jerusalem was located within, sort of similar to like a state. Samaria would have been just to the north of Judea, and it would have been logically the next place that they would go as they would spread and branch out, and then, of course, to the ends of. The earth. We don't live in Jerusalem, Judea, or Samaria, and we don't feel like we live at the end of the earth. So how do we apply that to us? Well, it's just natural that when we look pragmatically at the instructions that Jesus gave to his disciples, that we really can apply those to how he would use us to reach the world with the gospel of Christ Jesus. Here's a picture of it. I did this all on my own. Be impressed, Okay. There's a globe. You see, there's this little green heart that covers Buford plus some other places. Because if it just covered Buford, it would be way too small. But this picture of Buford, that's our Jerusalem, right? Judea, that would be the state of Georgia, that little red blob in the middle of the flag. Samaria would be outside of that region. And so we generally identify that as our nation. And then, of course, we want to take the gospel across The globe. God gave us a plan. Now, here's how we view our lives many times, and really, especially if you live in a place like where we live. If you can jump to the next slide. A lot of times, we view our lives, whether we acknowledge it or not, as if the world ends with us, don't we? We kind of view our lives as if everything kind of begins out there and eventually moves to where we are. You remember when uh, this last pandemic, I forget what they call it, just happened, right? That we're sort of kind of on the back end or in the middle of or we'll be in forever. We don't know. But do you remember when it happened, right? We, we, We learned that it happened somewhere else in the world. And we watched because it was in some other part of the world. And then... Oh, no, it came to America, right? It's in the States. Somebody in the nation has this thing. And then, oh, no, somebody flew into the Atlanta airport. It's in our state. And then finally you heard that somebody had it in your city. You remember? And it's like everything just funnels to us. And isn't it true that sometimes we live our lives that way that everything just funnels to us, culture, right? When culture starts shifting across the world and oh man, our nation's going down the drain, but we're Georgia, we're going to hang on as long as we can, but eventually it's going to go down the drain and we're not going to get the right governor and then our state or and then after our state changes it's only a matter of time before it funnels down to our city, right? That's just how we kind of view things a lot of times. Sometimes people in our city view it as if we've finally gotten to the place where we've arrived, right? Finally we're able to afford that house in the city limits. Or they got their kids in that program that they've been trying to get their kids in. They worked so hard for. They, they, they uh, were able to get in, you know, whether it's uh, to get into a school system or, or whatever it is. And they get to this place and it's we've landed. We're here for at least 18 years. And then somebody's gonna buy our house for way too much and we're gonna go celebrate. But we live as if the world's coming to us. But the command that Jesus gives flips it. Because you see, the command that Jesus gives says, You were broken, you were lost. But I brought you this incredible gift called my grace and my mercy and my love and my forgiveness. And you trusted Christ and I changed your life and I changed your family's life. And then as I changed your life and your family's life, I used you to then impact your city. And then from your city, Buford, listen for First Baptist Buford, for our church here at Buford. This is not the ending point. This is the beginning point where from us, we launched the gospel across our state, across our nation and into The uttermost parts of the world. We don't wait for things to come to us. We do what God's called us to do and take the gospel to the world. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. That answers the question for some of you as I say we care about Buford. Well, I don't live in Buford. I don't, you know, whatever. Hey, you know what? You're here. Because you're here, you're a part of this and you can call yourself a missionary. Tell people I'm a missionary to Buford. That's just fun. But we want to help you reach your community. But where God's placed our church, we can't effectively reach your community, reach our state, reach our nation, or reach the world if we're not effectively reaching the high school that's right across the street. So we have a plan. Our plan are these five we cares. Our plan is who we are. Our plan is to take the gospel to the world. But to start by loving our neighbors really well first. We give to missions around the globe we give to organizations like the International Mission Board. We we give to organizations like North American Mission Board that helps church planters all across our country. We, we give to our state. We give to Scotty and Jadison Hayes and Frontier Tribal Missions as they're reaching unreached people, an unreached people group in the Amazon jungle ten hours down a remote river. But we can't be effective at actually going and reaching if we're not effective at caring here. And so we want to love Buford well, so we care with, again, a plan, a simple plan that we start here, a pragmatic plan that's founded on biblical truth in the words of Jesus that we start here in our own family, in our own city, and we take the gospel into the communities around us and across the globe. We want to be so healthy and reaching our community so well that we have an impact that is beyond anything we could ever imagine across our county and across our state, across the world. We're praying through right now. We're praying through how we transition out of an association we're part of called Mulberry Baptist Association. It's great people. But transition out of that into this organization called the Gwinnett Metro Baptist Network. That Steve Parr is the leader of, Steve Parr is a worker and an organizer, and he's identified in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Listen, he's identified in Lawrenceville, Georgia, the most unreached zip code in the state of Georgia is right down the street, of, street from us in Lawrenceville, Georgia. And we want to be a part of reaching that unreached zip code with the gospel of Christ Jesus. We want to be a part of those things. I just believe that God won't honor that if we're not first reaching and caring and loving in our Jerusalem. So we care with this pragmatic plan, with an order. But then we care also with great power. I love in Acts chapter 1 when Jesus says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you in verse 8. If you skip up to verses 4 and 5, the Bible says this, On one occasion while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 8 is when he says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The gift that the Father promised was the Holy Spirit. And if you look at Acts chapter 2, just flip over one page in your Bible, you see what happens when the Holy Spirit shows up. I'm going to read the first 12 verses to you. Just follow along, listen, hang in there. It says this, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, uh, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Listen, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts of Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, "What?" does this mean the power of the Holy Spirit came upon these guys and as the power of the Holy Spirit came upon these disciples they began speaking and two things happened one they began speaking in languages they began speaking in languages that the crowd could understand but there's another great miracle here And we see this as being a miracle throughout all of the New Testament. Anytime somebody hears the truth from God, the truth from Jesus Christ, and truth about his gospel and respond in obedience, it's pointed out that this is a miracle. The disciples began speaking in a language that the people could understand, but the other second great miracle there was that the people began hearing clearly what the disciples were saying. So God gave his followers the power to speak the language of the people. And God gave the people ears to hear the message. See, as we seek to care about our city, we go into our city with great power. We go with the power of the Holy Spirit, leading us, directing us, giving us favor, opening doors, providing opportunities for us to point people to Jesus. I've seen that power present throughout my 10 years here. I've seen it show up many, many times. But There's one unique story I want to share with you this morning that I don't share publicly often, and and I won't talk about it often. It was several years back. We had walked through so many things with our city. We had walked through so many deaths. I remember standing in the auditorium at Buford Middle School, me and the principal and calling the parents of these middle school boys to tell them that these middle school boys wouldn't be having practice That afternoon, as these boys stood next to us with tears in their eyes because their 31-year-old coach had collapsed that morning and died. I remember walking back at another time as a student in a hospital bed, declared brain dead already, only machines keeping his body going. A student who was a student here who I loved dearly, but I remember me and Dr. Banks Bitterman, the principal at the time, just me and him, nobody else, just the two of us ushering dozens of kids back to say their last goodbyes to their friend. I remember hosting standing room only funeral. After standing room only funeral, there are countless stories of how we had loved and served our community and really unique ways, news cameras showing up and us doing interviews on their behalf, all of these things happening in One day after showing up at the academy as we had for the last three years, the principal had invited us to do so to help greet families as they're walking in the door and point them in the right direction. I got a call that afternoon that one leader in our city at the time who's no longer in our city had essentially made the decision that we were going to be pushed out, that we were no longer going to have a place uh, in our city, that we were too public, we seemed too connected, and um, we were no longer going to have a place or a position to be seen in our school system or in our city. He even took announcing the basketball games away from me. And that made me mad. Because that's fun. There hadn't been an FCA at Buford Middle School in over a decade that we weren't at. And we couldn't do that anymore. I remember getting that call and sitting in my office and literally weeping, trying to figure out what had happened. There was no logical reason for it. We did what we were asked to do and decided that we were just going to seek ways to keep loving and keep serving. A couple weeks later, I preached a message, and the message was similar to this one, and talked about how much we love our city, but how we desire to reach our city and Talked about integrity and leadership and all of these things. And there was a leader from our city who was in the room that day who got upset after that message with me. And it was just less than a week later when that leader who was in that room that day would call me to apologize. And he asked the statement or asked the question, Man, are you a prophet? I said, no, man, I'm not a prophet. I'm just somebody who loves Jesus and loves this city and happened to be preaching through a book of the Bible that dealt with what I dealt with. Because what had happened just a couple of weeks or just a few weeks after we had been pushed out of any influence in our city, the one who had pushed us out had been caught in some pretty rough stuff that was very public and known across the nation our city was turned upside down and the next day I get a phone call from a city commissioner. I want you to come meet with a group of us guys on Friday morning. On Friday morning, he says, I want you to come meet with the football team on Friday night with me. Just be there. Just have your presence there. And then at the game Friday night, I want you on the sideline again. I said, I'm not supposed to be in any of those places anymore. He said, I want you there. I said, well, if anybody asks him, I'm going to tell him you said for me to be there. He said, that's fine. His last name's Bird, so whatever he says is fine. He can get away with it, all right? And so I showed up. Friday night, when they were meeting with the football team in a very broken setting, and I listened to this city commissioner speak, and a principal speak, and an assistant principal speak, and then one of the assistant principals steps up and goes, Stephen's got something to say. I said, no, I don't. I'm just here. He said, yes, you do. They need to hear from you. And I went from, I wasn't even sure if I was still allowed to buy tickets to football games and show up in the stadium to a city commissioner and an assistant principal saying, these kids need to hear from you. And now God's opened more doors in our community. Listen, I get to announce basketball games again. You should celebrate that. That's fun. What they didn't know was when I wasn't announcing, we just sent them Luther... we were still there <laughs> yeah somebody's clapping for that too listen here's what you need to know you ready why do you say all that stephen in 2011 god called me and my wife to this place and we very quickly fell in love with this place and we met a church that in the middle of its problems loved its community so well. And we loved its community so well, or sought to. And here's what we learned. As long as we are seeking to glorify our creator and to care for and to love this city, the way God has called us to care for and love this city, and we are bathed in prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit, what we learned is this. God will always allow us to speak their language, and he will always provide ears to hear as long as we're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's nothing anybody can do to stop it. So when we go into our city, listen. When you go to coach your rec teams, when you go to volunteer in your classes, when you go to teach at your school, when we go to our community, we don't go with our own talents and personalities. We don't go with our own strengths that we can do things by ourselves. We go with the power of a holy God. And if we don't go with the power of a holy God, we don't go at all. And we see that power. We've seen it show up in that situation. We've seen it show up in phone calls. We've seen it show up when some of you who are sitting in this room, my wife and I, have been praying for years. And three and four years later, you show up. And we get to love you and walk alongside of you. We see God's power in how we love our city. and We care about Buford. Hear me. We care about Buford not exclusively, but we do care about it unapologetically. Because that's where God's placed us and we do it under the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that functioned in Acts 2, I can point to time after time after time after time when that same power showed up in this city and worked through this church. And we want you to be a part of it with us because we care with a plan, we care with power but we care also with purpose the Bible says Jesus says you will be my witnesses that word witnesses is important the Greek word there is the word martus or martus I don't know how you actually say it M-A-R-T-U-S Pastor Jared could get up here and probably tell you how to say it in his sanctified North Georgia kind of country way listen listen It actually means one who testifies on another's behalf. But there's another part of that word. That word is the root from which we get our word martyr. Martyr, one who gives their life for a cause. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. Here's what Jesus is explaining to his disciples. And we know this is true when we study their lives, the beginning of their lives, when we study their ministry, and when we study the end of their lives. This is what he's saying. When he says, you will be my witnesses, he's not just saying you're ones who are going to say something. He's saying, you are going to be the group of people who are willing to testify on my behalf and speak my truth no matter what the cost and so when I say we care about Buford we care about Buford with one purpose and that one purpose is so that we can testify of the truth of Jesus Christ in and through this community Look, do we want to be the place where people call when tragedy strikes? Yes, and we are that. I can tell you time after time. Devin Durden in a car accident, we get, or a motorcycle accident, we get the phone call. Adam Smith collapsed on the track, we get the phone call. Jeremy Nelson collapsed on a basketball court, we get the phone call. Ryan Daniels collapsed on a basketball court, we get the phone call. The K-Malls in a car accident. One son died, dad in the hospital, another son critically injured, we get the phone call. Over and over again. Aaron Kirkland, we get the phone call. Listen. But we don't do it just to try to help people feel better in their darkest moments because we don't have that power. We do it so we can tell them about who Jesus is. I say this all the time, but Aaron and I have prayed for years. God, raise up families who love this city like we love it. But also see it for in the midst of all of its greatness and the things we love about it, see it for a city that possesses the brokenness and the need for a gospel that our city has. Do you know, our teachers and coaches will tell you this. Do you know how most of the people who are moving into our city view our city? Most people moving into Buford today are moving in as consumers. Did you know that? They want to come to consume all the great things this city has to offer. They want to consume a number one school system. They want to consume state championships. They want to consume great teachers and small class sizes. They want to consume a beautiful high school. They want to consume... Turf facilities all over the city were slowly turning into Thneedville. It's true, isn't it? Concrete and turf and plastic. I mean, everybody wants a state championship ring, right? And it's this feeling. If you move in the city of Buford, you'll get one. I've got three of them in in my office. I've got three state championship rings. You know what I've done to deserve a state championship ring? Nothing. i got three of them sitting in there. Because I live in Buford. That's that's it. Somebody said, Hey Steven, you need one of these. It makes you feel more a part of us. I'm just kidding. Listen, people come and want to consume. Do you know what we want to be here? If you're a part of Buford, this church here, Buford, this context here, listen. The moment you become a part of this family, you are no longer a consumer. I don't live in this city, Stephen. You're still a part of this family and you're a part of what God's going to use to transform the world through this city. The moment you become a part of this family, you then put on a uniform that says, I'm no longer a consumer. I'm here as a witness. I mean, I love the state championships. I'm spoiled. You know why I don't talk about football on Sunday mornings? Because people don't like me as a football fan. Because I'm an Alabama fan and a Buford fan. I'm playing for a championship every year. Sometimes two. Listen. I love it all. I speak the language to this community. I got 18 kids. Who I do lessons with right now. Baseball or softball? That speaks the language of this community. You don't figure that out yet. If You haven't figured that out yet. Hear me. We can love this place and enjoy it. But we care about it. And that we want to be witnesses for it. And we want to help students understand that scholarships aren't the answer and championships aren't the answer that Jesus is. We want to be there when families are torn apart because of the travel ball schedule that our community puts the pressure on us to to, to face and to live in the middle of. And families are torn apart and uh, marriages begin uh, to become unraveling. We want to be there to point them back to the hope that is found in Jesus. We want to be there when all of a sudden they recognize that money and trying to keep up with those around you and living in the $600,000 home and driving the nicest cars isn't an answer. And when you try to do it above and beyond your means, it eventually catches up to you. We want to be there to encourage them that Jesus is the answer. Listen, we want to be there when families think everything is going smooth and swimmingly and perfectly fine and all of a sudden tragedy hits and their little one is sick or some is dying and there are things they can't explain or they don't understand that living in this utopia can't fix. We want to be there to offer the hope that is found only in Christ Jesus. Listen, we want to be there to encourage and to support our superintendent who's a lover of Jesus, whose in-laws come to our church and who loves Jesus and wants to stand upon the truth of God's word. And we want to be there and love and pray for her and support for her when she catches pressure from a world that's going to Continually begin closing in around here. We want to be there to say to this city: We don't care if you win another championship. We don't care if you become the least favorite school in the state of the in the state of Georgia. We love you because Jesus called us here, not because you can give us something. Listen, listen. It's too late. You missed the chance. Listen, listen. We want to be there with a purpose. And we invite you to be a part of it with us. When God called me and Aaron here 10 years ago. We said to each other, just she and I talking together, we want to be in a place where we can serve a community. We never imagined it would turn into this. We love you we care about them can i share with you can i share with you a truth about me sometimes it's really hard pastoring a church and a city that's not to make you feel bad for me i got the greatest job in the world so no sympathy needed sometimes it's really hard Pastoring a church, that's a growing church. We had over 400 people in worship on our campus for worship this morning. It's the first time we've seen that since before the pandemic. You should celebrate that together. (laughs) Sometimes it's hard pastoring a church, but also pastoring a city. There's 400 of you here this morning, and there's thousands of them. And there's thousands of them who have my cell phone number. And there's thousands thousands of them who call when their life gets hard. It's hard. And it was real hard where we felt like we were doing it by ourselves. You know what I love about now? Over the last couple of years, for the first time in a long time, Aaron and I can do it knowing we're doing it with an army of people around us doing it with us. With a purpose. The invitation is simple. Some of you need Jesus. The one who he commissioned these disciples to, and eventually the church got to this place. The church is here, so you can hear this. You're a broken sinner who needs a Savior. He loves you. He died for you. He rose. He offers you forgiveness. And he gives you purpose in trusting and following him. Today, would you surrender to him? If you need to do that, you can text that word, Buford Info, to that number. And you can respond to the, prompt, the number that corresponds with giving your life to Jesus, trusting Jesus. If that's you, you need to do that. But for some of you, some of you need to go ahead and make this your church home. You're connected in this community. Maybe you live on the fringe, on the edge of this community, but you want to be a part of a church that's reaching the world, beginning with the community it's in. Would you make this your church family this morning? You've trusted Christ. You've been baptized. Maybe you need to be baptized. Text that word, let us know, or just come tell me and let me know. If that's you, you would be obedient this morning. For the rest of us, here's my call. We only go out there with power when we ask God for it. So this morning, the invitation is simple. I'm going to ask some of you to come pray. Some of you need to come and pray for our city. Listen, please don't hear me. Stephen must know something about our city that I don't know. There must be some kind of, no, I want to raise my kids here. I love this place. I love the administrators. I love the central office. I love the coaches. But there is brokenness and lostness in the middle of it. And believers are the only ones who have the answer. So some of us today need to just come pray for our city. God, You've given our church favor in this city. So you need to pray that God keeps our favor in this city. Pray for a teacher that you know by name. Pray for a superintendent, a coach. Pray for your kids, friends, classmates. Some of you students need to come pray for your friends. You see the struggles. You see the things that are happening in the middle and high school. Come pray that God would use you not to get caught up in the pressures you feel from the city. Yeah, to seek after excellence, but to recognize your identity is found in Christ. And all of those things should simply be platformed for you to share his love. Would you come pray for the kids of our city? Pray for the leaders of our city? Pray for the lost in our city. That God would use us to reach the world starting in Buford. Let's stand together. God, I thank you for this day. Help us to be obedient to you in these moments. We love you so much. We praise you. It's in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. We hope that you have been blessed and challenged by this message. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want to know more about how to follow Jesus, please check us out at fbcbuford.org.